0: Welcome to Green and Gold Forever. I'm Eric Drews, broadcasting from Appleton, Wisconsin, and we'll be joined shortly here by Matt McLean out in Altoona. And believe it or not, it's already time for training camp. It feels like we just got done talking about the 2015 Packers, and yet here we are on the brink of the 2016 season. And that is all of our favorite time of year, if you're listening to this podcast. And uh, now we get to start prematurely speculating about what we think teams will do this year however uh it's it's not even that premature anymore with the packers just a couple of weeks away from their first preseason game and uh, matt we were texting yesterday that um for me i have been enjoying baseball season and i've been enjoying summer and then yesterday the oktoberfest beers came out and the packers training camp report started on fox 11 and now all of a sudden i'm ready to go and i can't Football can't get here fast enough.
1: Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. (laughs) Right now as we speak, it's weird for the Oktoberfest to come out in July, but I'm good with it. Just as of like a week ago, my mindset just changed. I'm ready for fall mode. I'm ready for a little cooler weather and ready for football for sure.
0: Maybe it was uh, the 80-degree weather with 100% humidity that took some of the shine off of uh, summer the last couple of days.
1: Yeah, get that out of here.
0: (laughs) Well, um, the Packers training camp just started – um, yesterday so we won't have a ton to talk about there but there are a few stories that um, uh, we wanted to cover I know we had um, well and actually I just see something here on Facebook that says Jordy Nelson will start training camp on the pup list so um, I guess that changes some speculation there but I don't think that would affect his ability to play week one if I'm I think right
1: yeah yeah he should be good to go
0: okay So before we delve into our predictions for the 2016 season, not only for the Packers and the rest of the NFL, uh, a couple of news stories that occurred today, one being the retirement of Greg Jennings, who, believe it or not, uh, was a rookie already 10 years ago for the Packers. And Matt, he certainly wasn't very successful after he left Green Bay, but uh, he certainly has a unique place in team history.
1: Well, right. He's one of those guys that if you can try to get rid of the way he left, which it seems like we've had a few of those guys, I mean, he had it. by the time we won the Super Bowl, he was one of my favorite Packers ever. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of came to a crashing halt. But, I mean, he obviously strongly contributed to that championship, and we can't forget that. So Mm -hmm. uh, congratulations on a great career, Greg Jennings.
0: Yeah, I think over time some of that will heal, and maybe he'll make a cameo at Lambeau every now and then. And he was good for the community, so hopefully uh, people can forgive and forget, and he can uh, come on back if he chooses to. Yeah. The other story is the Al Jazeera PED um, accusations, I guess, that were leveled at Peyton Manning and Clay Matthews, Julius Peppers, former Packer Mike Neal... James Harrison, and they reneged the report, but the NFL is still investigating it, and today they exonerated Peyton Manning, and the first thing I thought when I saw this match was, what a great salute to the final end of Peyton Manning's career, some more preferential treatment from the NFL.
1: Yeah, right, I love how he's got... Uh, his Senate side of things looked into more than anybody else and gets cleared first. Like I don't, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. I don't get how that makes sense. They're still very much looking into Clay Matthews and um, mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't even remember the other guys. And, uh, oh,
0: Peppers uh, and Neil Harrison. and and James Harrison. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But uh, but Peyton's cleared already, so thank goodness. Um,
0: well, and the fact that he was kind of the key guy in all of this, the fact that he's cleared, shouldn't that cast some doubt on the entire report and allow them to quickly clear the rest of the guys. Especially Al Jazeera pulled the report themselves already months ago.
1: Right, you would sure think so. I mean, unless maybe the the argument is they threw a guy like Peyton into there so that the story gained traction um, yeah. for these other guys who actually did do it. But who knows? It it really does kind of seem. I mean, when you pick Clay and James Harrison, you kind of pick two of the guys you would pick out of a, a random lineup as guys who use steroids. I mean, it just
0: it yeah, the bar room like, like oh. Like he's not on steroids, kind of. They're the perfect guys. If you're going to accuse somebody without any evidence, they're the perfect guys to pick.
1: I mean, we didn't put too much stock in the story when it came out initially, and it looks like we were kind of on the right side of things back then. So I'm hoping this all gets cleared up before we get too much into the season so we don't have to hear about it anymore.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny. It could be the way that Peyton supposedly cooperated with the investigation, but I have said on this show repeatedly that I I don't believe in any of those NFL conspiracy theories that every single fan um, that expresses themselves on social media seems to have. But um, if you are a tinfoil hat Patriots fan, imagine what it's like now where Peyton Manning has a PED scandal that is over in a, a snap of a finger, and then they pursue Tom Brady for deflated footballs for two years. Right. It just it's bizarre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, let's get right into the 2016 Packers talk, and I know we had some, uh, things on the Facebook page that Daniel Johnson had left and Brian Dinsey as well, so we'll see where we're at, uh, towards the end of the show, but we wanna maybe rapid fire go over those later. But, I don't know about you, Matt, but I'm still, I'm, I'm incredibly excited for the 2016 Packers and, um, I'm sure it will go out the window after the first Jaguars first down, but I'm trying to take a new, um, more optimistic approach to the season, having been able to pretty much enjoy this really bad Brewers season. Um, I'm hoping that that will translate itself to the Packers season, that I can maybe see everything with a rosier glow, although I'm not betting too much on that happening
1: right and and we'll get into our expectations for the packers more but i just and you know just kind of an overview of my off season i i came into this off season completely worn out i mean that awful loss to the cardinals after a frustrating season and you feel like your team that was on the cusp for so long, it's kind of on the decline. And I don't know if it's because of that, and I wasn't paying as much attention as usual for a couple of months, but I am all on board now, and not even like the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl on board. I just really, really want some Packer football, maybe <laughs> more than I can say I, I felt in the last couple of years. I'm just really amped up.
0: Yeah, and I think I agree with you. I have much of the same feeling and my only guess is that 2014 is as devastating as last year was 2014 was even worse I mean you were you had your hands on the Halas trophy and it was stripped away from you but last year we went into the season almost wanting revenge really badly and nothing other than avenging what had happened the year before was acceptable and now you had a really frustrating season last year that they still were able to salvage and and make it okay but I guess I just don't have that much for expectations this year. Like, I certainly expect them to be in the mix, but it doesn't feel like a Super Bowl or bust anymore. If they went to the NFC Championship game and lost, I don't... I mean, granted, they would find a way to do it in the most excruciating way possible, but if they did that sitting here in July, it would be more acceptable than that outcome felt last year at this time.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, coming into this year, there's three NFC teams at least that you would say are better than they are right now not that they couldn't beat any of them any given day Mm -hmm. but you just don't have that feeling like you have to win the Super Bowl this year or it's a complete disaster and, and that'll change as the year goes on and we get confidence and they start winning but it it's just not quite the same it doesn't feel like all's on the line and all is lost with this season we might actually have a chance to sit back and enjoy it
0: yeah absolutely so like I said, I'm sure that as soon as they're in trouble down in Jacksonville, at least me, will probably lose that perspective incredibly yeah. quickly. But oh, yeah. uh, I'll try my best to <laughs> maintain a rosy disposition for as long as that happens. And hopefully we can get out of this long five-game preseason without any major injuries, but... um I don't know about you, but I get the sense that they're going to be incredibly careful, even to the detriment of the first month of the regular season, that I think they think that at full strength they can play with anybody, and even if it punishes some of their preparation, I think a lot of these guys aren't even going to see the field. I'd be surprised if Aaron Rodgers plays in three games.
1: Well, Eric, not to to curse anything here, but we know very well that even if the Packers don't get on the field, that matter, they're still going to find a way to get injured based (laughs) on what we've seen the last few years. But I would agree, I would much rather err on the side of caution. And maybe that game against Jacksonville or your first few weeks are a little closer than you might have wanted, otherwise if you're a little rusty. But I think so few teams are going to be playing their key guys anyways. And really, the preseason matters less and less, and I would much much rather not lose a jordy nelson again this year and just maybe be a little rusty to start
0: well and what the heck does a hot start get you we've gone 13 and 0. we've gone six and 0 and got squat for them. right the the two years that they struggled out the gate they got to the one they won a super bowl and the other one they got they should have went to the super bowl so who cares about starting hot you may as well just try to maintain and stay healthy until about i don't know uh, columbus day and then turn it on <laughs> That's yeah, how it seems now. Give me now. a healthy
1: team and a three and three start. I'm fine. <laughs> I think with the current state of the NFC, you still make the playoffs, and maybe you can do it with a
0: healthy team for once. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, so there was a few things I wanted to talk about since you know training camp just started. What I think Saturday is when it started. So there's not a lot to talk about. But um, other than Aaron Rodgers' brother apparently doesn't like him. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't know what to make of that. But if I don't know, Matt, if if I trash talked you on national television, perhaps there's a good reason for you not to like me.
1: Right, or if you, if I knew you were the sort of person that was likely to potentially do that already, because it yeah. didn't seem like it was too tough for him to do that. And I actually, I I hate The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, but yeah. I I actually tuned in and saw that part, and then I did a little reading on it afterwards as well. So yeah, I'm I'm well versed on it right
0: now. That just seems like uh trying to get a girl to sleep with you 101. Like, nobody ever sits there and be like, oh, yeah, my home life's great. Um, You know, I've had no struggles. I'm just... Yeah, I'm I'm complicated.
1: My brother's a superstar. (laughs)
0: Yeah. It's
1: so stupid. Sleazy. But...
0: uh, So I just wanted to talk about some actual on-field things, and I thought up a segment called, What's the Number? So you just have to throw out a number that you think is going to correlate to each of these categories. Are you ready? I can do it, yep. All right. How many sacks will clay matthews have this year 10 um i was gonna say nine (laughs) um we i guess we can elaborate a little bit more on this Uh, this this deals with clay matthews hopefully moving to the outside and uh his sack totals have really not been so great the last couple of years but do you think he'll um I, i mean 10 is about right i know he has this reputation as this huge disruptive pass rusher but it really hasn't been that way for a while
1: Right, And he'll get his hits on the quarterback, too, but it just seems like he never gets the actual sacks. And I think, I mean, what's on the opposite side of him this year might even be a little less than it has been, too. I mean, Julius Peppers has got another year on him and whoever else you plug in there. Yeah. But uh I, I don't know. I think he's got it in him. If he's there constantly and, and doing mostly the pass rushing, I think he can get double digits.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. The Packers' defensive ranking in uh, yards allowed and points allowed, what do you think that'll be?
1: Hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say
0: 16. Ooh. Okay, I was hoping... I was going to say, like, (laughs) 8.
1: Do it. Say it.
0: Well, I don't know. I'm... The thing is, is with the defensive line, uh, Mike Pinnell is suspended. You lost B.J. Raji from uh, retirement. Uh, Datone Jones is moving. So you're really putting a lot onto Kenny Clark. And if he is good, and you're, the whole middle of your defense is going to be rookies or second-year guys with Jake Ryan and Blake Martinez and Kenny Clark, if those guys are good, they have the potential to have a very good defense. If they're not so good then they could have a 2012-2013 style of defense. So I guess you're thinking maybe a little bit more cautiously that those guys won't be great right away.
1: I, that's a lot to ask of them, isn't it? I, yeah. I think this is definitely a middle-of-the-road defense. I think the secondaries maybe in the better half of the league, but I think the linebacking core and the, the front line are both probably maybe the front front line is a little better than the middle of the road, but the linebackers are definitely bottom half of the NFL.
0: At least right now, I mean, I, I guess you'd right. be foolish I mean, to think yeah, anything else.
1: We're we're hoping on potential. They're not, but I think the current group you have is not as good as most teams in the league.
0: Yeah, if Blake Martinez ends up being Brian Erlacher, then maybe that's a different story. But yeah, we'll see. I this is kind of another whole side conversation, but um, we're going to talk about some of the offense on this great segment. What's the number? I can I can see this coming every single podcast from here on out. It's just revolutionary. But the offense was obviously terrible last year. It was the worst rankings they've had since Mike Tomczak was thrown to Perry Kemp. But I feel like, I don't want to say 2016 is the last best chance for the Packers to get to the Super Bowl and win one with Aaron Rodgers, but it feels like the next three years is maybe the window because Aaron's getting older. And I think we've seen with this defense in recent years that it doesn't matter how good the offense is or how bad the offense is. They're going to get where they're going to get. And each of the last three seasons, the defense has had a chance to make the game-winning play in the playoffs and failed to do so every single time. And I think maybe they can do it with the middle of the road, but they have to make the big play. But if you see the teams that are winning Super Bowls, you have to have a defense that can go out and win a 20 to 14 game or a 17 to 13 game and the Packers even last year with their offensive struggles they're losing games when their offense is putting up 20 or so points and teams that win championships don't do that if your team scores 20 they championship teams win those games and so for me um as we kind of are aborting from this what's the number but um To me, if they're gonna win a Super Bowl for the rest of Aaron Rodgers' career, I think it'll be, it'll have to be in the next three or four years, and I think it'll have to be because the defense carries them.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, and I think that's, you know, it's obvious you've got to have a better defense than we've had, and it just, it's so depressing to see this defense and some of the pieces they keep trying to plug in. And with the draft, you've gotten some good players. But then you just look at the way that a team like Carolina or Seattle or Arizona or even Minnesota has hit so mm-hmm. much while well, you're just sitting here with basically the same guys. Now you're still, yeah. Mike Daniels and Clay Matthews are still your stars after, you know, five years. And, and the rest of the like offseason
0: is Nick Perry's going to turn the corner this year. I, I
1: I just feel it. Yeah, and you get a whole bunch of your Nick Perry's and your Dayton Jones and your Mike Neal's and your Haha ha Clinton Dix's that are, are fine, but you're just not hitting the way these other teams are and it's it's frustrating and depressing to see all these other defenses rise and really build up their entire teams around that where we just no matter what we try can't seem to do that at
0: yeah. least for me last year with all of the young guys and the way they really carried the team especially down the stretch is I feel a little I feel better about Dom capers than I have since probably the beginning of the 2011 season that I think he's a good coordinator I don't I wouldn't put him in the top 10 but I don't think he, he is like the quick fix that would fix this defense. I don't think he his game plan in Arizona said, Okay, right when we step it on their neck, make sure that you drop the interception and then deflect the ball twice right to uh their receiver in the back of the end zone. Yeah. Or I don't think he said, lose contain on a fake field goal in Seattle or when he's doing a scramble drill and he throws a punt, make sure you can't locate your defender so he can catch the two point conversion. Like mm-hmm. I think the last two years he's had his guys in position and he has made some good moves with some injured guys and the players have failed. Yeah. Yeah, I I know. That, I wouldn't <laughs> argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess they can't fix that. All right, back to what's the number. Aaron Rodgers, passer rating.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll do a clean hundred. I think he can get over that, but uh, let, I'll have him crack that plateau.
0: Um I was going to say 101. I think he'll get back on track this year. All right. <laughs> just it's like the price is right. I'll just one up you I guess. Yeah, jerk. Yeah. Um Jordy Nelson receiving yards.
1: Ooh, yards. Um I th- think uh 1156 yards.
0: Ooh, I was going to say 1100 even, but I think I like your 1156. That's pretty good. Um I'm hoping he can come back. I'm hopeful I know we started the podcast saying he was on the pup, but um, it seems like these ACLs are not the career enders like they used to be. And if Adrian Peterson can come back with a ACL and, and play so well, um, I feel like Jordy should be okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see a, you know a fourteen hundred yard season from him, but you wouldn't be that surprised either if he came off and was a little slower and hit you know eight or nine hundred too. So, yeah. It'll be interesting to see when he finally gets on that field.
0: Well, I'm hoping the 1100 is in part due because of contributions from other people. Mm-hmm. When he had a 1500 yard season in 2014, it's because him and Cobb and Lacey were like the entire offense. Yeah. Speaking of which, rushing yards for Eddie Lacey?
1: Um, I definitely like a thousand yard season for him this year, I think. Yeah. Uh, I'll go, I'll go, 1,089.
0: Okay, I'll go 1,237, and I think after the debacle of last season, even if the passing game is working, I think McCarthy's going to run the ball more. And um, just with how much difficulty they had getting people open and getting people out of the box, I think he's going to run the ball like crazy, and I think Eddie Lacy's ready for it. Let's hope so last one of this terrible segment Jeff Janis receiving yards
1: oh that's a that's the hardest one yet because it could be like 0 <laughs> for all we know yeah um i i'll say like 560
0: uh gosh that's a real good number i'll say 561 no <laughs> <laughs> um i that, i think that 500 range is good yeah it I would think he's going to make the team unless he just gets in trouble or something. They would cut Aberderis or, dare I say, Devontae Adams before they got rid of him after the flash he showed in the playoffs. I would think.
1: I sure would hope so because I mean, what you saw from potential is enough to keep a guy on a team, and it, if you do that in an NFL game, it's likely not a fluke, especially as in you know an athletic position.
0: Against I, Patrick Peterson on that yeah, last I, drive,
1: I think he can handle it. They just got to trust him and get him on the field, and he could very well. I have a thousand yard season, but I think we're being conservative and that's probably accurate.
0: Alright, one last one in this never ending segment that I just thought of. Number of wide receivers on the opening day roster. Hmm I guess six. So who do you think the, is the odd man out?
1: Oh god now I gotta think of all of them. Um well I think Aberdares is probably out.
0: Yeah. I think I would agree with you. I, I don't people are asking about seven I would be surprised if they got rid of Trevor Davis unless he was just terrible in camp. Again, I think Jeff Janis would have to have an off-the-field trouble to not make the team this year, especially with his special teams contribution. I really like Jared Aberderis, but I don't think... um, As bad as Devontae Adams was last year, he's still a second-round pick. He showed some flashes in 2014. Honestly, I think if money wasn't an issue and you weren't so enamored with his size, I feel like... In the long run, that Aberderis might have a at least equal career to, um, um, Devontae Adams in similar circumstances, but I just feel like they'll go with the big guy and let poor Aberderis go. Yeah. He's also got an injury history, but. Alright, so that's the end of this terrible segment that we'll never speak of again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to our 2016 predictions. And I feel like I was building up to an intro, but I don't have one, so we should just start. And let's start with the AFC North. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first?
1: I can I can start us off here.
0: All right. Oh, wait, first. I know how I was going to start this segment. By reflecting on our great picks last year when you had the Colts in the Super Bowl and I had the Dolphins in the AFC Championship game. Yuck. Although, when I was listening to some of our old preview shows just to see how we did in 2013 we both picked the Seahawks over the Broncos not only in our preview show but we both picked that to be the Super Bowl like the week or yeah the week after the previous Super Bowl so at least uh, we get some credit there we're not always we're
1: not completely useless yeah (laughs) it's pretty good yeah
0: all right AFC North
1: all righty so um I'm gonna go ahead and pick the Bengals to win this division
0: do you got and, records uh, for them, too?
1: Yeah, I sure do. <laughs> uh, I've got the Bengals at 13-3. and three, Okay. Um, which, I, So you and I both went through and picked every game. It seems high for what I think yeah. they're going to be, but I'm going to stick with that. And I I've actually got, have
0: that, too. I have them at 13-3 as well.
1: And I, I've got Pittsburgh at 12-4 and four coming in at second. I mean, these two teams are... You know, pr- Definitely two of the best three teams in the AFC, so I think they beat up on the Ravens and Browns, so I've got the Ravens at 6-10, and and I've got the Browns with just one win.
0: Wow. Um, Remarkably similar for us. I have the Bengals at 13-3, and like you, I couldn't believe it, but outside of a few early in the season, I just couldn't pick anybody to beat them in the second half of the season. And if they stay healthy, I think they could run the table from about week 10 on. Uh, I have Pittsburgh at twelve and four. I have the Ravens at seven and nine, and I, I guess I feel a little bit better about the Browns than you. I have them at a colossal two and fourteen.
1: Nice. Yeah, I, we just heard today that Josh Gordon got reinstated, so that could maybe help him pick up a couple of wins at the end of the year. But I'm I'm really excited to watch RG3 start on an offense again to get another crack. That might be fun to watch that team this year.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely going to give them. If I buy Madden this year, I definitely want to be the Browns. Yeah. Okay, uh, AFC South. I, I will go first this time. And this one, I, I went through this twice and the second time I felt better about it. I have the Colts winning the division with an 8 and 8 record. Um, just itching out the Jaguars who are also 8 and 8. I have the Texans at four and twelve and I don't know if maybe I feel worse about them when I was picking these straight up now that JJ Watt is hurt and I don't know for something for some reason I think I was 50 50 on them with some bad games and for whatever reason I felt worse about them. I think when I did it a couple of weeks ago they were like seven and nine so I'll stick with this four and twelve Texans why the heck not and I have the Titans also at four and twelve.
1: what was your Jake's record eight and eight. Okay, so I'm I'm fairly similar. I had a little more confidence in the Colts at 10 and six. Um, I, I think they bounced back a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. I'm not picking them for the Super Bowl again, though. That's for sure. <laughs> um, Jags at eight and eight as well. I think they're up and coming, but maybe like a year away. Yep. Uh, Texans. I also was kind of surprised I had them at six and ten, but I, I really don't like that roster. I mean, especially if JJ Watt's hurt, they're one of the least talented teams in the league. You're basically DeAndre Hopkins and JJ Watt. And that's it.
0: Yeah, they did lose thirty to nothing in the playoffs, so it's hard yeah, to. Too,
1: a Bad last taste in your mouth, and then I have Titans at five and eleven.
0: Yeah, that seems about right. This division, though, went from just being atrocious to everybody in this division could be in the playoff hunt maybe a year or two from now. Maybe not yeah, Tennessee.
1: but I mean, nobody's really good, but you've got a lot of young teams. And it's, you know, it's pretty much any team could pop up and win it. I think the Titans could win it. We wouldn't be shocked this year. I mean, really, anything could happen.
0: Well, and I guess that was bound to happen since three of the four teams selected a quarterback in the top three in recent years. So you were bound to have some improvement, you would think. All right, the AFC East, your turn.
1: Alrighty, so I've got the Patriots winning this one. No surprise, eleven and five. Uh, I think they maybe start two and two without Brady, but I think the rest of their schedule is so easy they they finish uh, cruise control at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And then I have the Bills and Dolphins at nine and seven. Ooh. And I have the Jets finishing at seven and nine in last place.
0: So I have the Patriots at twelve and four. I think I also had them at two and two, but they just. Seem to have a lot of winnable games on the schedule in the end, and I don't know. I just don't have any confidence in that East division like I ever do. I have the Bills at 10 and 6. Um, the Jets, I had at 6 and 10, I guess, just still with the uncertainty of how that's all going to play yeah. out. And I had the Dolphins at 4 and 12, and maybe I'm just bitter nice. because of what happened, but they lost um, Lamar Miller and new coaching staff, so I guess I just. Again, I, I let them get beat up by some of the teams like Jacksonville and the Raiders and such that I think might be starting to make their push.
1: Right, yeah. And I, the Jets and the Dolphins are two big-time wild cards. I mean, if you have Geno Smith starting, the Jets probably win four or five games. But yeah. if you have Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, they could definitely be a 10-win team and the Dolphins, it's all on Tannehill this year. They lose a couple of pieces, but they do have some talented uh, guys on defense, so they'll be interesting to watch too. So mm-hmm. it'll be a good division to watch the bottom three for sure.
0: Yeah, if, if that's your thing to watch the bottom three teams. In the division.
1: <laughs> that division's oh, I've always liked watching the AFC East, like going back to the early 90s. I don't know what it is. It's always fun to watch.
0: I, I really I think that might be part of it because they were so awesome in the 90s. That was such a fun division to watch. Even the entire 90s. In the late 90s, you'd have Drew Bledsoe and... and You know Peyton Manning towards the end and all that kind of stuff, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just bitter because it feels like every week there's some good like Chiefs-Bengals or something, and I turn on my CBS and it's Jets at Dolphins. Yeah, right. Okay, AFC West. I think it's my turn to go first. Yeah, I have the Kansas City Chiefs at 12 and four. Yeah, I know this is. I've dogged on the Chiefs in every single one of these preview editions, so I'm sure they'll be terrible this year because I actually believe in them. I have the Raiders at eight and eight. A lot of people surprise team, but much in the same um, vein as Jacksonville. I just don't feel like they have quite enough this season, but certainly they're close enough where if they did make the playoffs, it wouldn't surprise me. I have the Broncos and Chargers both at six and ten.
1: Wow. Yeah, and I uh, I'm always the one who's high on the Chiefs, and I not quite as much this year. I, I think uh, I actually have the Raiders winning the, the division, and I did not intend to do that, <laughs> but. I, I and I know they're everybody's favorite for an up and coming team, but I mean when you look at these rosters, I mean Derek Carr might be as good as anybody in that division right now. Yeah, and you've got Amari Cooper, Latavius Murray, uh, Khalil Mack's a force. I, I just think overall that team might even right now be more talented than like anybody else in that division. So I've I have them at ten and six, and the Chiefs at nine and seven, Broncos at eight and eight. And I thought I was going to have this big surprise that I had the Broncos missing the playoffs, but uh, you have them as worse (laughs) than I do.
0: I just feel like they can't sustain that level of defense, and their offense could be bottom five, and they have a really tough schedule.
1: Right, yeah. Mark Sanchez starting there could be trouble, and then uh, Chargers 7-9.
0: Yeah. Wow, you think that division as a whole is going to be a lot better than I do.
1: Yeah, I, well, yeah, I guess so. so. I mean, they can kind of pick off each other a little bit. I don't even think, I don't think San Diego's a very good team. I'm kind of surprised to see I haven't met seven and nine, but, yeah, you know, Philip Rivers is still there. They always have a chance to win.
0: Yeah, I think you could be right about the Raiders and, you know, Kansas City, you never quite know. Um, maybe I'm just too influenced by Derek Carr. Um, you don't get to see a lot of Raiders games over here and, he was just—he looked like David Carr when the Packers played him, and so yeah. maybe that's why I'm. Yeah,
1: he was really bad that game. That's that's true.
0: Yeah, but um, there. Uh, one of my colleagues at work is a big Raiders fan, and he's pretty jazzed about this year. So, um, I think they definitely have a chance. Okay, let's move to the NFC and we'll go bottom up this time, so we get to the NFC North last. The NFC West, who you got?
1: Alrighty, I'm picking the Seahawks with a bounce back year this year, 13 and three record. Mm-hmm. Um. Cardinals second place 12 and 4 finish I think they're just as good as they were last year and then I I have a big disparity between the top two and bottom two because I think the Rams and Niners are probably two of the worst teams in the league three and 13 Rams two and 14
0: Niners yikes I, I guess I could see that happening. You think Jeff Fisher gets one more year after that if he goes three and thirteen? No, I
1: I think he's done this year. After this, this team is so bad, and they just seem to let go of all their defensive veterans and didn't replace it with much. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to force feed Jared Goff or Case Keenum in there as your starter, I, they're not putting this team with a chance to win.
0: I hope they go 0 and 16 because they're playing in the L.A. Memorial Coliseum, and they're not going to change their uniforms until at least 2018. Wow, they're playing in the stadium that had some of the greatest talent ever in those cool uh, blue and gold uniforms, or even the blue and white uniforms, and they're gonna wear those trash from St. Louis. So, screw them. I hope they lose every game.
1: <laughs> they, well, they can still wear those throwbacks, right? They can do that with that darker helmet. And just throw the, they wore those over the last couple of years quite a few times. Yeah, they but sure only
0: subscribe. twice a season. So I was reading about this because I was so upset. I read like four articles on this, so <laughs> I thought for sure they would go back to the classic unis, but yeah, they can only wear the gold ones two times okay, that's lame okay, Seattle I also had it thirteen and three um I especially the way they played down the stretch and with Jimmy Graham back, I think they're gonna figure it out and if Russell Wilson plays as good as he played towards the end of the year last year. It's going to be bad news for the rest of the NFC. Uh, the Cardinals I had at 10-6, and 6, and I'm not quite sure why, but uh, maybe I was just affected by Carson Palmer's play in the playoffs and towards the end he's getting older, and uh, I guess I just don't see him sustaining that. The Rams I had at 6-10, and 10, and the 49ers at 3-13. and 13.
1: All right, NSC's. yeah, so pretty similar. Yeah, I, I, I would be. I'm a little oh, concerned about Carson too, but it seems like we doubt the Cardinals every year, and they just get better and better. So it's hard to pick against them at this point.
0: Well, and he's always fine in the regular season, but I guess most of the NFL preview issues that I have been uh, reading while loitering in magazine sections of uh, stores are picking the Cardinals to win the Super Bowl, and I guess I don't see that just because. Um, I had thought Carson Palmer had turned the corner, and he's certainly still a good quarterback, probably in the top maybe 10 the way he's been playing recently. But he has been—he was awful as a young player in the playoffs. He was awful as a prime player in the playoffs. And as an older player, he's awful in the playoffs. So I guess I don't see that aspect of it. But we can yep. talk about that later. NFC East.
1: All right, uh, I'll go here. I've got surprisingly two teams at the top at ten and six that I did not expect. I have the Cowboys and the Giants at ten and six. Um, as I went through the Giants' rec- rec- uh, schedule, it seemed super easy. Yeah. Um, and I picked them ahead of Washington, which I didn't plan on doing. But I have Washington at eight and eight, and Philly is I think probably my second worst team in the NFL other than to Cleveland. I have them at two and fourteen.
0: Oh wow. Okay. So you think who uh, who's their coach now? Doug Peterson.
1: Dougie Peds, and they're going in with uh, Bradford again as their starter, or Chase Daniel, and they just got rid of, uh, you know, Byron Maxwell, Kiko Alonso, DeMarco Murray. I don't even know what they have left on the roster at this point.
0: Yeah, I oh, I forgot they got rid of all those guys. Yeah, they pretty much got rid of all the guys Chip Kelly brought in.
1: Yeah, they cleaned house, and they didn't replace it with much yet.
0: No, oof. Yeah, well, I feel bad then picking them to be an impressive 5-11. and 11. <laughs> Um but I guess that division's weird. They'll they'll be just terrible. They'll be like 1 and 9 and then Kirk Cousins will throw 10 interceptions in one game and they'll beat them. Yeah. Uh I too to my shock have the Giants at 10 and 6 and the Cowboys oh. at 10 and 6 with the Giants winning with a better division record. Um I don't know why, but like you said it seemed like every time I I always seem to pick them because they had a lot of winnable games at home, and I don't know why. Um, and Dallas, I guess, will have a bounce back year too. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I have the Redskins at 7-9. and nine. I don't expect them to be good again. Yeah, weird division. Okay, NFC South, is it my turn to go first? Yep. Okay, I have the Carolina Panthers winning for the fourth straight year with a 12 and 4 record. I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 7 and 9. I have the Falcons at oh, I'm sorry, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 9 and 7, and then I have the Falcons at Saint and Saints tied at 7 and 9. I know a lot of people think the Falcons are going to be good this year, but I don't agree.
1: Well, I've got uh, I've got the Panthers also on top, 13 and three. Uh, Falcons at eight and eight. I think they're definitely a middle of the road team. You got Julio Jones who's going to win you a couple games by himself, but that defense is still really bad. Um, Buccaneers seven and nine, a little improved this year, and uh, the Saints down at four and twelve.
0: Ooh, you think the Saints will be that bad? Yeah, I sure do. Uh, I guess. I mean.
1: What do they have left? I mean, Drew Brees isn't very good anymore. I know he threw for a bunch of yards last year, or whatever. But you watch those games, and he doesn't look impressive. Yeah, they've got they don't have like anything left on offense, and their defense was like the worst in the NFL the last two years.
0: It seems like they always steal two or three games though down in the Superdome by just scoring a billion points. I guess I don't know. Yeah, seven and nine is not ridiculous, but I could see him going four and twelve. Do you think that would get Sean Payton fired?
1: I don't know. That that's a tough one. I. I always wonder how much awareness these like GMs and owners have. He's built up a lot of equity, and they've got a bad team on in front of him there. I don't know what you really expect from him. Yeah. I, I mean, unless you're as an owner, still think Drew Brees is what he used to be and can carry a team. I I don't know how you expect them to be a good football team.
0: I guess it's the age old question: is how much goodwill does a Super Bowl build you? And it's not like McCarthy because McCarthy's a one Super Bowl. You know, only won one Super Bowl, but he hasn't missed the playoffs since, whereas Sean Payton goes 7-9 every other year. But I think
1: it's probably different in New Orleans, too. I think a Super Bowl there gets you a lot more equity than it does in, you know, a successful market team.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It's a nice way of saying they really sucked before those two guys Yeah,
1: and he got a Super Bowl. I think that pretty much lets you stay as long as you want.
0: Yeah, that's true. Okay, the big one, the NFC North. So what do you got?
1: Alrighty, I've got, uh, the Packers, 12 and 4 record. I, I think that they, uh, again, I don't remember looking at the schedule and feeling like it was this easy in a while. And I know things change, but right now I'm liking what I'm seeing. So I, I maybe think they're a 10 and 6 caliber type team, but I have them at 12 and 4. Uh, Minnesota, 10 and 6, another good year from them, solid defense. And, uh, I've got the Bears at 7 and 9 and the Lions falling off at 4 and 12.
0: Ooh. Uh we had almost the same thing. Packers 12 and 4, Vikings 10 and 6, Bears 7 and 9. I had the Lions at 6 and 10. I guess when I had those toss-up games with them and another bad team, I favored the Lions more sure. than you did. Uh, so, I see a lot of people thinking the Vikings have a chance to maybe take that next leap forward and I just kind of feel like last year was the the ceiling and they got to play the Packers at a very terrible time, but um I guess I don't see them being any better than ten wins.
1: I, it's tough because they've got some good young players on that defense, and you still have basically the same offense. So if Bridgewater takes another step in the right direction, which I'm not real convinced he's going to do, yeah. But I, I think it's definitely a ten and six team for sure, and a playoff team. I think that defense is good enough, and you just give AP the ball every single time, and you're good to go. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know how they're much better than they were last year, but I think they're definitely still a threat to. To win some games and maybe get one in the playoffs.
0: Well, I think part of my perception of them as being like a 10 and 6 team is they will play everybody tough, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, not to use too many cliches, but when you play really close to other teams, you're bound to lose to some teams that you're very much better than. And. I'm trying to think of a good example of a team that was like them in recent history, like maybe any of the Jeff Fisher Titan teams. Sure. You play everybody 20-17, to you're going to lose some of those games, even though you probably shouldn't. Whereas if you're the Packers, if you're clicking on all cylinders, you're going to bury teams, and when you're not playing very good, you still have that 50-50 chance to win that the Vikings have every week. So you're going to steal a few more games than a team that's built a little differently would.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think they have the capability to pull away from teams like that, really.
0: At least not now, unless Teddy Bridgewater really is that much better. But yeah, he he just seems like Chad Pennington to me.
1: Yeah, he kind of. I think he kind of is what he is. I don't think he's ever going to become a flashy MVP type. But I mean, we've said that about you know Ben Roethlisberger in the past or Joe Flacco or whatever. It's it, it happens. So I guess we'll have to see.
0: Yeah, hopefully it doesn't happen. But whatever. <laughs> Okay, so then to recap, do you have your first six seeds in both conferences?
1: Actually, I sure do, Eric. Yep. <laughs>
0: I keep so asking I'm, you like you don't. Like, no, I didn't go that far. I'm this. Yeah,
1: I'm ready. <laughs> okay. I am ready. So I've got uh, my AFC wild card round ends up being Pittsburgh at Oakland. Ooh. Do you want me to just go ahead and pick right away? Um, yeah. Or do you want me to just give the the playoff teams first here? Yeah, do that. All right. All right. So I've got uh, I've got Cincinnati getting a first-round buy as well as the Patriots. And then I've got uh, Pittsburgh, Oakland, Buffalo, Indianapolis. And then my NFC playoffs are Cardinals at Cowboys Ooh. and Vikings at Packers with the Panthers and Seahawks getting buys.
0: Nice. So I have the Bengals and Chiefs getting a buy. Um, I have the Patriots hosting the Bills in the first round and the Colts hosting the Steelers. In the NFC, I have the Seahawks and the Packers receiving buys, Seattle being the one seed, Green Bay the two. Then the Carolina Panthers hosting the Arizona Cardinals and the Vikings at the Giants. Okay, so who do you got in your AFC uh, playoffs? All right, Wild card round with, first.
1: With uh, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh over Oakland in the first round there in Oakland, and then I'm going to go with Indianapolis over Buffalo. Okay. And then NFC, I'm going to go Cardinals over Cowboys in Dallas, and Packers over the Vikings at
0: home. Okay, um, I have the Steelers beating Indy in Indianapolis. I have the Patriots beating Buffalo. Carolina defeating—did I say Dallas? Oh, the Cardinals. I wrote it down wrong. I have Carolina beating the Cardinals, and I have the Vikings beating the Giants.
1: All right, I'll get right into my divisional round here. So I've got a a good matchup here, Pittsburgh at New England. I had a really hard time with this one because I wanted whichever team to win this to go to the Super Bowl, and I had Pittsburgh at first, but I switched it. Mm -hmm. So I, I think this is New England's last chance possibly to get it here with Brady. I still like that offense a lot, and I think I trust that defense a lot more than Pittsburgh's. And they just... Martavis Bryant out, and whatever's going on now with Le'Veon Bell, i maybe just trust New England to be more consistent. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've got New England there, and then I'm going to pick the Bengals in an easy one over the Colts there.
0: Ooh, an easy uh, one for the Bengals in the playoffs. Cake,
1: huh? Cakewalk, yep. <laughs> um, and then I've got uh, Panthers over Cardinals and Seahawks over Packers in the
0: divisional round. Uh, yeah, in, in Seattle, I, yeah, That's I would tough. have to agree with you. So I have Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, which... I think Bengals fans would both fear and love love to have. I have Cincinnati winning this time. Then I have New England at Kansas City, and I think Kansas City wins. As we've seen in many years, like you picked the Patriots in your pick, I agree 100% because they're like 10-1 and all-time at home in the divisional round. But Brady's like every other quarterback. He's about a 500 quarterback on the road. So I think at Kansas City, they get their first home playoff victory since... Oof ever 1993 I think uh, so I have Cincinnati against Kansas City in the Jeez. AFC championship game and then I have Carolina coming to Lambeau Field I nearly picked the Panthers but maybe a total homer pick I picked the Packers to beat Carolina and then Seattle beating Minnesota out in Seattle
1: awesome all righty I'll, I'll finish it up here I'll, I'll take her home so I've got uh, Patriots Cincinnati uh, again, as I kind of already alluded to, I'm picking New England here to get to the Super Bowl. And then uh, Carolina-Seattle, I'm sticking with my Seattle bandwagon pick this year. I think they're going to be on fire, and I think they're going to knock out Carolina at home. I think that defense takes a step back to what they were a couple years ago, and I think they beat New England in the Super Bowl this time.
0: Yeah, I don't have a ton of disagreement on this side. I have Cincinnati beating Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. I have the Packers falling to the Seahawks. Ugh. I know we said earlier in the show that if they got to the NFC Championship game and lost, it would be acceptable because our expectations are different, but... Man, that would sting. But, not to the Seahawks. Man. Yeah, not to the Seahawks. I mean, you played your perfect game and lost in 2014, so I would be surprised if it was that close again. And then I have Seattle disposing of the Bengals, um, I think, rather easily in the Super Bowl.
1: Well, Eric, you pretty much, like, stole all my thunder here. <laughs> I mean, you had the Giants in the playoffs, you had the Broncos missing, you had the Seahawks winning the Super Bowl, but we seem to be on the, on the same page with almost everything here.
0: Yeah, so that means we'll either be epically wrong as a show or we'll be prophetic and get everything right. Mm-hmm. Or maybe somewhere in between, but yeah, I don't know. It's, there's a lot of teams that could have a shot at it, but um, I don't know just the way Seattle played at the end of last year. And uh, I don't know They there, they seem just to be built to be an annoying team for a long, long time. And I think for me, it's, I'm, I'm very hopeful that the Packers can find the right formula to be able to win these games. But Ugh, I I just, I don't know. I I don't think that defense will ever be good enough as long as Seattle's good. Like, here's a mini crossfire. Do you think, maybe put a percentage on it, that Aaron Rodgers will ever win another Super Bowl?
1: I'm going to say yes, and I guess as a percentage, I guess if I'm going to say yes, I've got to be over 50%. I'll say 55% that he does. I think he's a guy that can stick around for a while and I think he might even be a guy that's better as he matures because he might stop this nonsense of scrambling around in the pocket and running in circles every single play when he doesn't have his athleticism anymore <laughs> yeah he's always gonna have his accuracy in his mind and I think that eventually you know whether it's in Green Bay hopefully they can build a team around him that's good enough or if he you know goes somewhere else down the road he could still do it yeah uh, I think you'd catch a game against a Seattle or a, or a uh, Panthers or Cardinals or whatever here in the next few years and get it ton.
0: Yeah, I hope you're right. I, I guess if I had to pick one, I'd say 40% that he will win another Super Bowl. So I guess I'm leaning against that he won't. I feel like last year really changed my opinion about how effective Aaron Rodgers will be once his mobility is gone. And I know he was somewhat effective in 2014 when he had the calf injury, but I I think as he gets older, the rest of the team is going to have to become that much better. And I know that seems rather on the nose to say that, but I don't think he he's a great, great player. I always feel like I'm dogging him, but I don't feel like he'll be the transcendent player late into his 30s like Tom Brady is. Maybe last year just changed that opinion for me, but I, I feel like if he's going to win another one, Late in his career. Like, I think they have a really good window the next three years, especially if any of these young defensive players really turn out. But further than that, when you get to 35, 36, 37, I don't think he'll be able to carry a team to the level that Tom Brady has, and he's going to need a really good team around him, and that's hard to do.
1: Well, a weird thing about that on a side note is they really haven't developed him to be that type of an old-guy quarterback player either. I mean, the whole offense is predicated around him running around and getting second chance opportunities on, on routes that aren't open immediately and then throwing the deep post to Jordy or whoever yeah. is the guy at the time. Whereas, you know, it, Peyton and Brady have always been these crossing routes and, and kind of smarter passing offenses than what we run. So it's, unless that changes that he can't do what he's doing now with less athleticism, but I think he could definitely run an offense.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's a really good point because, if they expect 37-year-old Aaron Rodgers to run the offense we saw last year, that is a recipe for disaster in a lot of ways. But the the way the Patriots help him out, or, you know, I think Eddie Lacy will probably be off the Packers before Aaron Rodgers is. But if they find his Amon Green or his Ryan Grant, a guy who can like, if you look at Brett Favre, once he what in 2003 he would have been 34, so that's still kind of young, but. Those years, they really changed the offense to be at least equally pass and run, and sometimes, as in the case of 2003, that they were a run-first team. And you would think that, yeah, Aaron's not going to be able to run this offense, I wouldn't think, to the effectiveness. In in his late 30s, he's not going to run this offense to the effectiveness that Tom Brady runs his offense in the, his late 30s. Mm-hmm. So I guess they just have to win it this year, and then we don't have to worry about it anymore, right? There you go. Okay. Um. Really quick um, We had some nice uh, comments From Daniel Johnson here And also from Brian Dinsey So let's plow through these In a super crossfire The ones we didn't talk about uh, Pro Bowl in Orlando Will it be bigger than Wrestlemania next year? Uh, no I don't think either will be particularly big But the Pro Bowl will be smaller
1: Yeah, different than you and Daniel Johnson, I have no interest in wrestling whatsoever, but I will still agree with that, that uh, WrestleMania is going to be a lot bigger, because nobody cares about the Pro Bowl.
0: There you go. Uh, Packers having another Favre night. I read about this weeks ago, and I can't remember. Uh, Something he's coming, I think, for the Hall of Fame ring. I'm sure we'll spoil it in some way, like we did last year with every single time we tried to honor somebody.
1: Yeah, I didn't hear about that yet, actually, but I... I guess I'm never opposed. It seems weird to do it maybe the year after, but if that's what they're doing, I'm, I'm all for it.
0: Let's combine Brian and Daniel's uh, questions here. Will Tom Brady have, will his suspension uh, hurt Tom Brady's legacy?
1: No, I don't think so. I think everybody who's around in this time frame is kind of irritated with this whole thing and realizes how stupid it is mm-hmm. and, and also realizes how good of a quarterback he is. So I don't think it's a serious enough thing to tarnish a legacy like that. I
0: don't think it tar- tarnishes his legacy as a Good football player, um, especially since this isn't the first scandal he's been involved in. The Wells report I found quite convincing, but I also found some of the rebuttals that came later to be quite convincing. Um, I think his legacy will be as a great, great player who's also kind of an idiot who maybe plays a little bit over the line, um, which is fine. It's This was more gamesmanship than cheating, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, the NFL on YouTube and the NFL streaming games on Twitter. I don't know if you saw, but the NFL was making this big deal about showing classic games on YouTube, and the Packer ones they chose was the Favre game in Oakland, the Super Bowl forty-five, and Super Bowl thirty-one games. That if you're a Packer fan and have the NFL Network, you've had memorized since two thousand twelve.
1: Yeah. So they're they're doing what with those? Streaming them on YouTube?
0: They're having them on YouTube all the time, just to watch as videos, which is kind of cool. But they seem to only pick games that they show on NFL Network like every year
1: yeah uh, well it's kind of a cool idea still I mean for the at least the first time you watch but like you said I think anybody who's listening to this podcast is probably in the same boat as us that you've seen those three specific games quite a few times I, I could go back and watch Super Bowl 45 though it's been a, I've only seen that one a couple of times so I might have to do that
0: yeah, I guess they probably wanted to stay more recent with that, but Super Bowl 31, I swear, it's not even entertaining anymore. I practically have the whole thing memorized with how many times they've shown it in recent years, and and basically since Favre retired, it's on every year. Every time they have a Packers week, they show Super Bowl 31 like twice. Okay, NFL streaming games on Twitter, I don't know, but if they start streaming the way they did last year, um. I guess I'm fine with it because the quality of the stream was okay, and if it leads to an MLB.TV version of Sunday Ticket, I'm all for it because that's an amazingly good service, and I'm tired of DirecTV having a uh, monopoly on that. The NFL Network Top 100. Apparently Aaron Rodgers was in the 30s or something. Do I? No,
1: no, he was number six. I actually oh. watched the whole
0: <laughs> Oh, he was 30s in the um, Fantasy Player of the Year which I thought oh, was stupid. Okay. He was behind Jordy Nelson, which doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, they always seem to devalue the quarterbacks. But, no, I thought it was a good spot for him. It was. Uh, I You can't argue with anybody they put ahead of him. Uh, I'm forgetting one guy. I think Adrian Peterson was the one I might have swapped out for. I think he was fifth. Oh, but, oh. I mean, the quarterbacks were Brady and Cam Newton, and you really can't argue that after last year. <laughs> as no. much as I'd probably still take Rodgers in a single season over those guys, I, I, they were better, clearly. So, yeah. what, whatever, I thought it was a good spot for him.
0: Yeah, I I tend to not watch the NFL Network countdown lists just because, you know, we love to list stuff on here, but really, once you get to a certain level, you can't really argue. Like you were just saying, you could probably flop any of those six guys or the top 15 guys, and it would be hard to argue. Uh, remembering dennis green who passed away at 67 yesterday i thought daniel johnson had a really good comment that he had on one of the stories that said he's upset that the media has made it so that the only thing you remember about him is his we they are what we thought they were rant in 2006 and uh, i will admit that is the first thing i think of uh when i think of dennis green but um yeah it's sad to see somebody go so young and Um, I don't think I've ever been more fearful of a team year in, year out than I was of the Vikings in the nineties, other than maybe that one year in 2009 with the Brett Favre Vikings.
1: Yeah. And those Denny Greens Vikings were some of my least favorite teams of all time. And I suppose that's a compliment because I, (laughs) they were so good in, that was one of my biggest qualms about ESPN, not to get off on that tangent, but is that they're constantly force-feeding these stupid, like, catchphrase interviews, and, in the, like, they think every time they say playoffs, like, it's hilarious, and they do all these courtesy laughs, and the same with the Dennis Green thing, like, yeah, got it, it was funny at the time, but, um, I mean, he, he was an outstanding coach, and uh, both for Minnesota and for a little bit with Arizona, and I... I uh, it's, it's sad to see somebody go so young and, and who was so good at what he did, and uh, I definitely will remember him for more than that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to talk about your point on ESPN, I, I hardly watch ESPN at all anymore, but how long are they going to sustain those kind of references? I mean, the playoffs comment was 15 years ago. Like, can, Are they going to do that for 50 years?
1: <laughs> they'll do, like, anniversary shows for, like, oh, it's been 12 years since he said this, and then they'll show it a bunch of times and laugh about it. It's, like, ugh.
0: Can you imagine that if, like, they had, if they had that now? Like, this is, it's been 86 years since Newt Rockney said, oh, gee, Willikers, when they lost to whoever. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I guess I would be okay with that. <laughs> um, and remembering Buddy Ryan. So, I, Buddy Ryan had the bulk of his career before, um, I was old enough to have seen it in real time. So, I certainly know of him and I know his impact on the game. The first thing I think of, um, when i see buddy ryan is he looks a lot like my grandpa on my dad's side <laughs> and that's about it um i found some of his uh, catchphrases and stuff that have been played in highlights over the years kind of amusing and um i would imagine if i was around when he was coaching that i wouldn't have liked him at all because he, he definitely had an edge about him and he was a unique personality and um he, he definitely lived a full life and he's both of his sons are successful so i'm happy for him in that regard but i guess i don't have any firsthand experience about buddy
1: yeah, I mean just watching some of the stuff on the 85 Bears, obviously him and Ditka being so divisive, that's always entertaining to watch and I his Eagles team was one of my first favorite teams and I think it was probably just because Randall Cunningham was on there. Yeah. But I remember when I was like 5 years old making a little Philadelphia Eagles like foam finger out of paper <laughs> or something because I thought they were pretty awesome and they had Reggie White and um yeah, it's it's hard for us to other than making arts and crafts as a child to really elaborate <laughs> on his career too much. But I mean, he was one of the best at what he did and was the coach of the best defense of all time. So that's quite a uh, notch in your belt.
0: And I would imagine that ESPN, when he passed away, just showed him punching Kel- Kevin Gilbride repeatedly on yeah, the I'm Houston sure. sideline. So, um, he, he had to be pretty old though in his eighties at least. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, I'm sure they both have their unique places in NFL history. They're kind of that tier of coach. I don't know, maybe like the third tier where they're not those, you know, Chuck Knoll, Bill Walsh, Vince Lombardi type guys. And they're really below your, uh, kind of your Holmgren, Bill Parcells kind of guys in there. And maybe Holmgren and Parcells have more separation than I implied, but there's that rung that's reserved for guys like
1: Shanahan, Schottenheimer.
0: Like Schottenheimer ones. is exactly, yeah, exactly who I was going to say. Dan Reeves, you could throw in there who were incredibly successful, but never quite reached that uh, mythological echelon.
1: Yeah. yeah, great coaches
0: Yep. Alright, so we said just about everything there is to say About the 2016 Packers um, Before we close uh, I just wanted a couple things In the college football realm So I don't know if you've seen The Badgers schedule this year But I'm worried they might not even make a bowl game
1: No, I guess I haven't seen it I know they've got the the tough first game But I, I don't know what's past that yeah. Other than I thought their side of the division is kind of weak but
0: It is, but real quick Uh, They play LSU at Lambeau, they host Akron, Georgia State, then at Michigan State, at Michigan, home to Ohio State, at Iowa, home to Nebraska, at Northwestern, home to Illinois, at Purdue, Minnesota.
1: Oh my gosh, that is tough. I mean, you (laughs) hear like four wins maybe uh, off the top of your head. They'll win some of those other ones, but you usually can pencil in like six or seven for them right away. Yeah. That's a heck of a schedule.
0: A lot of them are predicting like a seven and five, and that's even if Bart Houston is not terrible, so um
1: oh, no i i think you're right i think it sounds like a six and 16 to me
0: yeah so we'll, we'll see what happens i just hope they beat lsu they've had all of these marquee opening games the last few years and they always t- tend to lose these big showdown games although in the bowl games they seem to be doing okay the last couple of years but mm-hmm. um that'll be a cool atmosphere up at Lambeau. yeah yeah and apparently mark Murphy wants to get a bowl game at Lambeau Field at some time once the Title Town District is up, which, even if it was like the Pizza Hut.com bowl or what What would be a Green Bay specific company that would sponsor a bowl? Uh,
1: oh, man, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know, like a paper company or something? There's not like <laughs> yeah. any huge conglomerates right around there.
0: Like, uh, gosh, Kimberly Clark, do they make Huggies or Pamper? I think Huggies, maybe the Huggies bowl. Uh, that yeah, would be good. There you go. Kleenex bowl, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah if it was some crap teams from the Mac and uh the whatever the remnants of the old big east was I'd go watch that yeah I'd go okay so we've talked a lot about the 2016 2016- uh, season that's upcoming and now there's nothing left but to watch it I'm sure we'll be back uh, probably after the Packers play again so Brett Favre will have been inducted into the Hall of Fame between now and then and um, I'm excited about it but I don't know if I'm going to watch it live because um well hey I think I'm busy that night but uh Brett Favre's speech at the Hall of Fame in Green Bay last year was pretty awful so I can imagine it's going to be even worse at the NFL Hall of Fame <laughs>
1: I'll watch it, but you can just laugh about the nonsense rambling he talks about.
0: That's true, yeah. But it'll be interesting. Okay, um, Matt, I guess we just got to wait for the season, as hard as that's going to be. Yeah. At least we got what, October two past. more
1: weeks or something, not even?
0: Uh, yeah, it was two weeks from yesterday is the first yeah, game. Nice. That's when the showdown between Scott Tolzien's Colts and Brett Hunley's Packers will take place. Nice. That's
1: a good one.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of excited now, having said that. All right, you can always interact with us on the Facebook page, Green and Gold Forever Podcast on Facebook. Tweet at us, at Green Gold Forever. That's the number four. Um, also, follow us on the iTunes app, and be sure to download the Podbean app and subscribe to Green and Gold Forever on there. Uh, the iTunes app is probably the best user-friendly uh, podcast app that I've ever used, but the Podbean app is still pretty good, and you can get our complete archives on there, which is always good. So uh, check those out and go to the website, GreenGoldForever.Podbean.com not only can you listen to our complete archives but you can read some of the articles that we have on there and since the preseason is coming everybody should go back and read my last two years of preseason articles which unfortunately to all the fans i probably will not recreate this year but everybody's got to be convinced by now matt that the preseason is important right you would
1: think yeah. so oh yeah okay
0: so uh, for matt in altoona i'm eric in appleton take care everyone